Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Welcome back to Inside the Clubhouse here in Chicago Sports Radio 670 The Score. I am David Hall with Bruce Levine. And Bruce, the robot umpires knocked me offline for a minute or two. I think they, they did not appreciate the fact that I was, uh, maybe that you were questioning their their. I, I think so. I, I got a text from Paul Sullivan, the uh, outstanding writer of the Chicago Tribune, saying that uh, I won the point because you were automatically knocked off by the uh, robot umpires. Bruce, I knew that you wielded a lot of clout in, in baseball circles, but I didn't know you had the capacity to knock me offline when you didn't like what I was saying. But, you know, come on, let's all get along here. Uh, yeah, so we are back, and we are here until 11 o'clock. We've got a busy hour ahead. We're hoping to talk to and connect with Cubs second baseman Eric Sogard. We're going to talk to Brooks Boyer from the White Sox, Colin Faulkner from the Cubs, equal time on this program, on this station, to, because fans are welcome back into both ballparks, and that's exciting for opening day, Bruce, as much as anything. I think the fans are excited about getting back in the ballpark. And before we bring in Eric Sogard, he's not with us quite yet, but he will be, uh, just closing out our conversation about the, mm-hmm. uh, the other rules that they're going to try in the minor leagues. I like the idea of the bigger bases, especially because they're going to have a, uh, a, a material on top of it that will uh, do away with slipping off of the base more than uh, it has been in the past. And we know so many injuries take place with guys just twisting their ankles on a slippery base, you know, jumping for a base, slipping on it, uh, you know, causing, you know, severe uh, ligament damages. So from all that, I think that the bases are a great idea. It also gives a opportunities for uh, fast base runners, teams that want to run, to have a little bit of extra base there to uh, be able to uh, get there a little quicker. Uh, that eighth or tenth of a second might make the difference. Let me in ask you about route. that, Bruce. Let me ask you about that. And don't don't disconnect me if you don't agree with me. But going right, from 15 inches to 18 inches, is that going to increase the number of bunts and stolen bases, do you think, because of the possibility of being able to get there faster? Will three inches make that big of a difference? I think so, yeah. I think it's a, a huge difference. 
Uh, you see how close every play is. I mean, how many times do you have to look at replay sometimes to real, be able to find out if a guy's safe or out? I mean, to me, replay has been a huge success for a number of reasons, but the one in particular is the play at first base safer out and the, the, the play on the base at second base safer out. I, I think we found out that as much as 60% maybe, and I'm just throwing a number out there, okay. of uh, calls at second base were wrong. You know, So from that perspective, and, and again, okay. the umpire shouldn't be blamed because it's a, it's a mega second, but three, three inches is a big amount. Bruce, I'm not going to play baseball litigator, and this is not a deposition, but I am going to say this. You just pointed out the value of technology in the, in the consistency of replay. I did. Of the replay course. has made baseball better. So, therefore, it has. the idea that technology can improve the sport and the consistency of the call, the same logic applies to the robot umpire, doesn't it? No, you just went from zero to 60 on it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. There's stopping, you have to stop at 30 or 35 once in a while. Okay. It has, no, I mean, again, it might prove to be the greatest thing that ever happened to baseball. In my opinion, you know, and it doesn't count for much, especially. Uh, I just like the element of umpires. I like the element of them involved in the game. I like the synergy of umpires and players and uh, uh, fans reacting to it. I don't think fans are going to react to a machine going, that pitch was low. <laughs> uh, it, you, you're going to hear Pat Hughes or John Shambi or um, uh, Len Casper or Jason Benetti going, I don't agree with the machine on that one, Steve. Uh, I mean, <laughs> will there be any argument about the, the, the machine yeah. mitching, no. miss, okay. mi- I, I get what mitching you're or missing I get what you're a, uh, a pitch? Okay. Let's, just, let's say to uh, continue. We're going to go extra innings on this one, Bruce. Maybe not today, but this okay. is going to be an ongoing conversation. Look, and, and you mentioned, you, first of all, an aside, you mentioned uh, the broadcast team. Yesterday it was great to get baseball back on the score. Listening to Zach and Ron uh, Coomer, who was – they were the guys yesterday because Pat Hughes did marquee game on television, and I flip between both broadcasts and telecasts. Let me just say this. We are fortunate at the score to have the team we have. Zach and Ron did a terrific job, and Pat Hughes is a natural. I don't. That's not exactly breaking news, Bruce, but Pat Hughes made the transition into the television booth in a way that was just very comfortable and soothing, and you liked what he had to say. And he fit in very well in the TV booth. No oh, surprise. yeah, of course. Yeah, no yeah he, he did a nice job the other day. And I think he's doing the game tomorrow uh, with uh, J.D. as well. So, uh, I, uh, I mean, Pat did TV uh, for a long time, I think, back in the day. There's not much that Pat Hughes hasn't done. So, fitting in, I think he's going to do five games during the season this year. Uh, there's going to be other broadcasters. Um, as well, so it's going to be uh, interesting yeah. to listen to them on TV. A little diversion. I think that young man has a bright future. Uh, so, all right, let's look at the baseball aspect. We're we hoping to connect with Eric Sogard, but that position in the Cubs infield is one that has is is probably the only it is, it is the only uncertain uh, spot at second base. We have Sogard, who was acquired and signed to a minor league deal because of maybe his veteran presence and his left-handed bat. Nico Horner has started out uh, really hot, Bruce, at the plate, 9 for 16, and yet 
you keep hearing with stories about Nico Horner, he still has a minor league option. He still has this possibility. I don't like that. I like the idea of Nico Horner starting on opening day, removing the doubt, and being your guy. Is this still a possibility that he could spend some time at AAA this year? Uh, I think it is, but you know, just by the element that we see of him uh, contributing, hitting the ball hard. So, you know... When he uh, when we had him on a couple weeks ago, David, he talked a lot about uh, you know working in, in the hitting lab with everybody in Chicago during the winter, getting stronger, hitting the ball harder. He's done that and more uh, during spring training. So I think he's going to be at the very least the right-handed part of the second base uh, element for the beginning of the year. Uh, when we talk to Eric Sogard, if we get to uh, today, um, I think there's a good chance he might be the left-handed part of that on, on occasion because of all of his experience. But uh, nonetheless, nonetheless, I think that, uh, that uh, he has earned his spot and he's proved to them that he's a bigger, stronger, and uh, more impactful uh, athlete at this point to be able to go out there and grab that job. Ildemaro Vargas is a 29-year-old switch hitter. He's somebody with experience, and, and yet it, he you know, could be the, the odd man out, perhaps, if uh, Sogard is what he appears and what he has been historically, if Nico Horner continues to progress. There's David Bodie as well. This is going to be probably one of the more difficult roster decisions on a team that has basically its roster set, Bruce. I wonder how you think this infield will shake out in terms of depth. Not the most pressing of issues, but it certainly is one that David Ross and Jed Hoyer are going to have to have a discussion about. Yeah, oh, absolutely. Um, you know, as you say, Vargas is the uh, the type of uh, individual that he's, he's not flashy. He's had ma- major league experience, uh, and, and that has been a really for them to look at, knowing that if something happens to Baez, they have a shortstop that can come in there and play every day for two weeks. Mm-hmm. And uh, with Horner, you'd have to switch him over, kind of change the dynamic of your infield. He can play short. We know he's a natural shortstop. Uh, so that that's all good. But uh, from the perspective of, uh, of uh, him uh, playing every day at shortstop now, I think Vargas is a, a more accomplished shortstop. That said, uh, if Sogard makes the team, you're not going to have room for Vargas. So do you sign him to a minor league contract? Will he accept that? Um, you know, will he be able to handle it that way? Those are the things we'll be looking at as a camp kind of shakes down here over the next two weeks. Did you see Javi Baez yesterday do what Javi Baez does with the flip between the legs to get the force out? and? Ah, he's just so much fun, Bruce. And you like to see, you like some of the things you're seeing at the plate. He started off pretty hot, and you wonder, you wonder even if Javi Baez, it sounded like maybe he was making excuses last year. No fans in the stands, no video between at bats, all the things that contributed to his down 2020. Mentally, if he is in such a better place, because there are going to be some fans in the stands, and he will have access to that video, even if it is a mental thing, hitting is mental. And so is everything about Javi Baez, the swagger, the, the imago, the, the persona, the things that we came to appreciate and maybe take for granted. Maybe he did too. But he looks more like the guy we're used to seeing than the guy that we saw struggle through 2020 so far in spring training. Yeah, I think you're right, David. I mean, he did win a gold glove, but it was done with a lot of, without a lot of flair because of the fact that uh, he is a responder 
to energy. He, he is a responder to fans cheering and yelling and screaming. There's no question about it. Uh, but when you see him flip a ball between his legs, uh, Mark Burley style, that's the only other time I saw <laughs> an out made when uh, Burley did that to, uh, to uh, Paul Canerco probably about 11 or 12 years ago. Uh, that was that was spectacular, and uh, so was uh, that yesterday. But how about the presence of mind of uh, Chris Bryant to be on that base, right? Seeing the ball bobbled and going out there, and him in a shift being over there uh, to uh, be able to take that play because he knows, like we all know, that you never give up on Javier Baez when it comes to a defensive play. There's your backup shortstop. Chris Bryant, he can do it all, Bruce. He can play backup, shortstop, he can play right field, center field, wherever you want him to be. Chris Bryant could be penciled. And didn't he play an inning at shortstop a couple years back? Is that do I, am I, I think so, correctly? yeah. He's versatile. Uh, he, obviously, I'm just kidding around. But, yeah, he had the presence of mind. And it, it's been fun to see, you know, Javi and, and Chris Bryant off to pretty good starts in the spring. I mean, Chris Bryant had a big hit the other day. And – those are the good signs. Uh, it's only March 13th. It's very premature to start projecting anything. But that's what the Cubs hope is sort of rooted in. Those guys becoming the players you remember, the, becoming the players they have been for most of their Cubs career and, and believing that last year was more of an aberration and the exception to the rule and the rule being they're going to come back and, and take this team and make them make them contenders. And And a lot of that will depend on pitching as well, Bruce. And we saw – Kyle Hendricks struggled this week. Nobody's going to get concerned about that. But where are you with their rotation and what you have seen so far from some of the guys in the mix? Well, I, I think Williams is probably going to make it as the uh, fourth starter. I don't know. Uh, today's a uh, big day for Edward Elzeley. He's uh, starting one of the games today. They have a B game as well. He's starting the, the A game today. Uh, Zach Davies is going in the other game. And it's a big day for him because he had a bummer, uh, not an Aaron bummer, but a bummer <laughs> the last time out. Boy. And uh, if, if he's going to gain some, uh, is he, if he's going to you know, tread toward being a starting pitcher in this rotation, he's going to have to uh, step it up here, this one and the next couple. If only the Cubs had a bummer, you might not worry so much about Craig Kimbrell. He has yet, he has yet to kind of oh, gosh. look like the closer and the guy they need him to be. And I know it's early, and I know it's familiar, and I know it's all too uh, maybe redundant, but he's got to be more consistent this year, Bruce, and so far, not so good. David, let's uh, take a break. I don't know if we're going to get Eric Sogard, but okay. we do know we're going to talk to Brooks Boyer the head of marketing and vice president of the Chicago White Sox, and then talk to uh, our friend Colin Faulkner as well about the Cubs and White Sox ticket policies and in ballpark policies, something that you need to know. You need to know that. We will be back with Brooks Boyer and then leading up to Colin Faulkner and your calls, 312-644-6767. You're listening to Inside the Clubhouse on Chicago Sports Radio 670 The Score. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. 
Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Well, last year it was like a little bit weird because without fans, uh feel kind of like you playing a rookie ball, you know? Uh, but um, this year it's been better. It's been training with, with fans. So it's feel way more uh, fun than last year. Welcome back to Inside the Clubhouse here in Chicago Sports Radio 670. The score, that was the voice of Eloy Jimenez talking on Friday about the presence of fans in Arizona and the expectation of fans being at guaranteed rate field this year with the new measures approved and announced last week by Mayor Lori Lightfoot. Exciting for baseball fans on both sides of town. I'm David Haw here with Bruce Levine until 11 o'clock. And Bruce, it's time to go out to the Alpamonte Ford hotline, Alpamonte Ford in Melrose Park on North Avenue or APFord.com. We bring in the Vice President of Marketing and Head of Revenue for the Chicago White Sox, who is more thrilled than anybody I know, maybe this side of Colin Faulkner, to uh, welcome fans back to Guaranteed Rate Field. Good morning, Brooks. How are you? Morning, Brooks. Morning, Blair. guys. Good to good to hear your voices and excited for baseball. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, the public service that we're uh, adding to today's show is all about getting tickets and the ballpark experience. Uh, your dime, your dance floor, as, as uh, our old friend Chet Kopik used to say. Well, it it, it is uh, obviously to to be able you you heard Eloy talk about uh, the energy from the fans. We've heard from our players the fact that we can have 2,400 people at spring training games uh, provides a lift and and provides some energy, some much needed energy, and 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 the fact that we're in the life cycle position that we're at of of last year really coming on and and the team playing to to the level that uh, that we had hoped to get to you know, being a, a perennial playoff contender, our fans want to see these guys and, and really excited that even in a limited capacity situation to be able to have some fans in the ballpark 
to, to join us on this journey. So uh, we will have just over 8,000 people in the park uh, for our first homestand. We are selling uh, tickets homestand by homestand because we're going to see how how this develops. Um, you know, there's there's potential for uh, for growth in 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 the percentage of fans that we can we can welcome to the ballpark and. We want to make sure that we do it safely uh, the the first time around and make sure that the experience is a good one for our fans. And and hopefully as the season goes on, we'll be able to welcome more fans to the ballpark. Brooks, I think there are two questions that it would be good to answer from your perspective for Sox fans. Number one, how do you distinguish between season ticket holders and people who may want to just go to a single game? And secondly, how different will the ballpark experience be for people coming in and having to adhere to the new protocols? Sure. I mean, it, we're, we're starting off with a, a sale that will, that will start next week to our season ticket holders where, where they'll be able to buy all seven games. Uh, so our process will be all seven games to, to season ticket holders followed by an individual game sale to all season ticket holders before we make tickets available to the general public. Some of these season ticket holders have entrusted us with their money for 18 months, and and they're going to get uh, the first crack at tickets for this first homestand. And then we'll look and and, and reevaluate the second homestand based on uh, how the first homestand moved and what the inventory might, might look like. Um, So the, from an experience standpoint, it's going to be a little bit different. Uh, you are, when you have a ticket, going to be assigned a gate to enter. Not any specific time to enter the gate, but a specific gate to enter. Uh, you will stay within a, a, a zone in the in the ballpark where your ticket's going to be located. So, you know, those the, the, the people that come and, and, and take the laps around the, the concourse, we can't do that uh, for the foreseeable future. So we will have food and beverage that, that will be offered uh, we we are bringing in mobile ordering for for food and beverage, uh, but it will be different. We'll all have to adjust, and um, you know just the the fact that we want to get people in, do it right, so we can continue to have people come in or or or, or grow the number of people that will come in. We'll do whatever is necessary to make sure that it's a safe experience, and we don't have people congregating, and 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 we have the ability to keep this thing going. Brooks Boyer, the biggest macher I know, and uh, I'll tell you what macher means at uh, some other point, with the Chicago White Sox, our guest on Inside the Clubhouse. And Brooks, uh, taking that a step further, uh, what, when will fans be allowed into the ballpark before a game? How quickly will they have to leave the ballpark afterwards? How, how much is this involved with the uh, protocols that you have to adhere to? Well, we're 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 not. It'll be the same uh, as 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 we've done in the in the past on on that. You know, we're not trying to herd people in at a certain time and herd people out because we're trying to avoid uh, putting people together. So our parking lots are going to open two hours before the game. There's not going to be tailgating allowed uh, because that's a that's a congregation point. Uh, so we'll we'll get people in and, and and people out using the whole ballpark. Uh, under the same kind time constraints that that we've had before, uh, but we're we're not going to be like I said rushing people out because that's going to force more people uh, to to the exit. So uh, we will we we will make sure that 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 people are in and out in a, a safe and orderly manner. 
Brooks, with your own staff, there's a lot of uh, there's a range of emotions with people how they're going to interpret the risk reward equation when it comes to returning to work in the ballpark and how do you train your own staff how are you preparing for those inevitable questions that might arise from people who have to escort these people in and out of the ballpark who have to put themselves you know in the midst of of crowds just because it's part of their job yeah it, it is the nature of the job you know obviously we will protect our staff and and you know we we won't be able to do handouts at the gates uh, because we're trying to move people through. Uh, but our staff is going to be trained and, and, and understand uh, how to safely and effectively move people through, whether it's their own personal PPE or the lengths that we're going to make all tickets mobile. So all of the tickets will be on, on phones. We're not doing hard tickets anymore. So as people come through, we're, we're trying to, create a, a limited contact environment. Um, we will be all cashless at the ballpark for food and beverage or for uh, any sort of merchandise per, uh, purchases. So we're, we're doing our best to, to limit the contacts. Like I said, we're going to have mobile food ordering where you can pick up that, that limits the contact. Uh, so all these things are, are to not only protect our fans, but to protect our employees as well. Brooks, uh, how will, um, knowing what a marketing uh, expert you are and what you've done in the past with giveaways, as things loosen up, and we certainly hope they do as the season progresses, is there any chance uh, that giveaways or picking them up some other type of way would be a part of baseball 2021 for the White Sox fans who love their bobbleheads? For sure. I mean, we, we, we want that to, to, to be back and be part of uh, the baseball experience and, and to get back to doing things along the lines of, of dollar hot dogs and free T-shirt Thursdays and our fireworks shows and, and the things that uh, our fans have, have become used to. And, and, and it just makes for a better ballpark experience and value for the ticket. We want to get back to those things and we want to get back to them as quickly as possible. Uh, but we we aren't willing to, to to do that now that potentially could limit the time frame in which we could do those types of things. So yes, it's it's important for us, for our fans, for our sponsors to do those types of fun things that, that makes baseball and that outdoor atmosphere is as great as it can possibly be. Brooks, I know there's probably a lot of things you can't discuss and, and obviously that you don't know yet because of the uncertainty surrounding the numbers and the metrics. But when you have these contingency plans that are being uh, discussed, uh, you know, at guaranteed rate field with, with executives at, at, uh, at the ballpark, what's the next date that you hope, you know, when you talk about incremental improvement and maybe including more people from 20 to 30% or 30 to 40%, or maybe as we heard from Crane Kenny, they thinks that earlier in the week on the Mullen Haw show, it's going to be full at Wrigley field in October. If they're able to get to October, What's the next target date that you have in your mind where more guys, more people can come to the ballpark? It, it, it's not up to us. You know, that's, that's, that's a tricky thing is, uh, hmm. you know, we, we've had so many over, over the last number of months, we've had so many different permutations of, of scenarios uh, that, that we have played out. It's been a lot of mental gymnastics that, that we've gone through. Um, the one thing we know is what we don't know. And we don't know when that is going to change. We're, we're all keeping our fingers crossed and hopeful. I think the entire league is envious of, of Texas 
and the Rangers uh, going to full capacity. Uh, but we're not there yet, and and you know obviously we'll we'll, we'll get there as soon as we possibly can and as safely as we possibly can. And everybody's going to be watching other teams around the country. You know, we know right now that the the safest way for us to get fans into the ballpark is is 8,211 fans. That's 20% capacity. Um, I'm sure, you know, our public officials and, and, and the league will be watching, you know, the, the St. Louis's and the Milwaukee's of the world and the Minnesota's and the, and the Kansas City's to see how, um, how they do with the with the virus? You know, I, I, I hate to sound too Fauci-ish, but you know the <laughs> virus is ultimately going to dictate what uh, you know what we're going to be able to do, and hopefully it's sooner sooner rather than later. And we're going to go through every protocol possible um, to, to 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 make it safe for fans to and more fans to come to the ballpark. I don't have to answer your question. I gave you a long answer. I have no idea. Um, you know, we'll do it. We'll, we'll adjust as soon as we're told we can adjust. Brooks, uh, you have this young, exciting team that's added veterans now. It looks like a championship-caliber team that can compete for a World Series. Um, how tough has it been on you and your department as far as uh, marketing, uh, sales, to have to deal with the fact that you couldn't do much in the way of either one over this uh, last year and a half? Uh, and look, it's been as as tough for us as, as it's been on our fans to not be able to to come watch uh, this team. You know, obviously we've seen it in this town. We've seen it across baseball. Uh, when you come out of, uh, when, when, when you make that pivot out of a rebuild and you become contenders and, and you just love the first, uh, the first part of that. And for the first part of that, we didn't, we weren't allowed to have fans in the stands and the, the building and the growth and, and even sometimes the pain that goes along with, that development and and we didn't have our fans with us for for that and the fact that we get to have fans is is a big sigh of relief because you know there's been a lot there's been a lot pent up and uh i, I think we're our, getting our fans back will will certainly help our marketing efforts and you know as as crowds hopefully expand uh we'll be able to to do some of these things we've been talking about for a year and a half change the game and 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 that's what when you, you look at our lineup and you see guys like Eloy, T.A., Mancada, you know, even younger guys like Madrigal, Vaughn, and I didn't even mention the MVP of the league and Abreu, uh, you know, this lineup is nasty. And, and you know, you throw the pitching staff with it, this is something that we've been looking forward to market for quite some time, and, and our, our fans are, are looking forward to being part of it. So, you know, we're, we're still out to change the game, and, and if we can, uh, we can have a shot this year, uh, we certainly love to put these guys out front in front of our fans. Before we let you go, Brooks, I appreciate your time. And now I will refer to you as, as Fauci-ish. And I forgot you were an English <laughs> major at Notre Dame. So you have <laughs> yeah, a wide vocabulary, a uh, vast one. Um, when, you're, when you're talking about the uncertainty ahead, and, and I think everybody can respect the fact that so much is out of your control and you're kind of limited or restricted by what the governmental agencies, the city and state are, are allowing in Illinois and in Chicago, are you going to the table with the Cubs in kind of representing shared interests? Are you separate from them? Could it be conceivable that there are two different sets of rules for the north side and the south side? Or how would you explain the fact that, you know, you guys are both sort of governed by the same set of rules, and would you interpret them the same way or any differently? No, we, we, we are governed by, by the, the, the same set of rules. And, and the Cubs have been 
uh, great partners in in baseball and and great partners in working with the the, the city collaboratively uh, between our our operations people. Uh, they they have really done uh, both both teams have have done an amazing job of of putting us both in the the best situation possible to to host fans. Like I, you know, I've I've probably talked to Colin Faulkner you know more than his than his wife has uh, over the last uh, few months. Uh, we you know we we talk multiple times a week. Uh, you know, as as we wanted, we want baseball to continue in Chicago, and 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 we both have, this, you know, the same challenges, and uh, you know, we bounce a number of things off of each other. So it has been a, a collaborative effort with the Cubs and and, and with the city, uh, because we we all want this to uh, uh, to to move forward in the in the best possible way. So I don't see a scenario where it would be two different sets of rules. Uh, because we're both outdoor venues, not too far away from each other in the in the same city. Great stuff, Brooks. David. Uh, in closing, with Brooks. Yeah, and uh, in closing, uh, David, with Brooks. Just want to tell you that uh, our uh, vice president of programming, Mitch Rosen, always tells us this is an equal opportunity show. It's a Cubs and Sox show. We appreciate doing it every week that way. Yeah, and, and you guys know our fans don't believe that, right? <laughs> yeah. You're with me on that. You well, know, you represent the South South Side. You know, you made you guys made me the JV game to Faulkner's varsity game. Hey, He's next. Brooks. He gets the final word. Brooks, I promised That's, I wouldn't so, ask so about losing by 42 to North Carolina. So okay, can, can just take take <laughs> the take the victory. Yeah, no, no so doubt. You guys if the there best. was any, you know, if there was any other programming for people to listen to in baseball. They they could, but there isn't. It's just this great show. So that's, that's why right. we it, offer it, Cubs and, and Sox. It is a great show, and the show's going to get even better with Faulkner on there. Colin does a great job. But I want <laughs> you guys to lead with this, because I know he's not listening yet. I want you to lead with asking him a question for me of what is it like to be the lowest-ranked sports executive in his own household? I, wanna, <laughs> I, wanna, I, want, oh, I want him wow. to answer that answer on, on that question. On it. But you guys, you guys are the best. Love your show. And, you know, the, the thing is, David, you know, you, you covered it back in the day when I was in Notre Dame. Never had a 42-4 to four run against me. I would no, have I never did. before we got 42-4. to four. <laughs> Well put, Brooks Porter. Thanks for your time this morning. He is the Thanks, executive guys. vice president for the White Sox, talking about welcoming fans back to guaranteed Rayfield. And we will go to Colin Foxter talking Cubs next, Bruce, on Inside the Clubhouse here on Chicago Sports Radio 670 The Score. We're starting at 20%. You know, as we look around the, the landscape, we're seeing, you know, different states opening with different percentages. In Milwaukee, I think they're going to open with 25%. The Cardinals are going to have 32%. And if you look east, Cincinnati and, and the Ohio teams are going to open with 30%. So, we, you know, we, we see a path, you know, with success early on at 20% to move to 30 And then, you know, ideally sometime this year, we, we'd like to see 100% in the ballpark. So, Certainly the goal is by the time we're playing in October, you know, we're seeing a full ball fight. Welcome back to Inside the Clubhouse here in Chicago Sports Radio 670. The score, I'm David Hall with Bruce Levine until 11. That was the voice of the optimistic Crane Kenny, who is the Cubs president of business operations, talking about baseball at Wrigley Field in October, incrementally letting fans back into the ballpark, which will begin on opening day. And for that, we go back to the hotline, on the Alpamonte Ford hotline, Alpamonte Ford in Melrose Park on North Avenue or APFord.com. And we bring in the second ranking highest executive 
in his household to uh, be able to join us today. And that is our friend Colin Faulkner, who runs the Chicago Cubs in many different areas, including marketing, as well as uh, sweet relations and everything else. Good morning. And that was from your friend Brooks Boyer. Oh, no, we had to hit you with that shot. Good morning, guys. Trust me, Brooks. Uh, I heard that he he said Colin's probably not listening. I'm of course listening. Uh, and to your guys' credit, uh, on the equal time thing, I can count on the uh, I can count the number of times that I've been asked to go on his uh, uh, broadcast partner station, which is probably zero. So uh, you guys are giving <laughs> Brooks plenty of time. So, uh, but yes, it is. Uh, it is. Um, I am the second ranking, uh, second highest ranking. Uh, sports official in my own house so uh brooks likes to remind me of that so so yeah you know colin let's start there could you get give the phone to jamie i'd like to talk hockey for a little bit uh, about the blackhawks <laughs> uh, i'm just kidding um so let's let's begin where we did with brooks you know obviously this was a big week for baseball in, in chicago and just how welcome the news was and just how incremental the plan will be for the cubs getting fans back to wrigley field no, it's such a big, such a big moment. I mean, literally, you know, a year ago today, we were everything was shutting down, and, and it feels like it's been a decade since then. Uh, and we've all been through a lot uh, in the last year, but having fans in the ballpark and, and getting that news was something we've been working towards for a long time, and it, it's just amazing. And, and Bruce and I've talked um, kind of offline about this. Just playing baseball with no fans in the ballpark, it's it's just not the same. And so I think. <clears throat> the ability for us to have fans in the park, even though it's limited, it's going to be a big moment. It's going to be special, um, and we're really, really excited about it. As far as uh, looking at some of the intricacies uh, that will go on, let's let's talk about the ticket experience. Uh, we talked to Brooks about that with the White Sox. How similar to similar uh, are, is your plan uh, to have uh, – Cub fans in the park and how they purchase. Yeah, and I think uh, I caught the end of, of Brooks. He, he mentioned, I mean, he and I have been uh, corresponding a lot um, over the past several months, uh, maybe to his point, more than I talked to my wife. Um, I have been talking to Brooks a lot, and, and our plans are, are very similar, if, if not almost identical. There's a couple little tweaks in between, but uh, yes, we'll have 20% capacity, um, socially distant seating in the ballpark. We're instituting, um, you know, similar protocols to them with uh, kind of timed entry and, and trying to s- just really spread people out. That's that's the whole goal is to spread people out, um, keep that, that safe distance, have masks and so forth. And so, you know, our hope uh, is that we can start with that 20 percent and, and hopefully quickly grow that to grow that. To <clears throat> um, and just like Brooks, you know, we're prioritizing our season ticket holders. Our season ticket holders are the ones who have stuck with us. Um, through the last year, um, been tremendous. We're we're incredibly fortunate to have that support, and so our priority is to take care of our season ticket holders first. So they'll be getting information um, <clears throat> in the next week on their ability to buy tickets for that first home stand. Um, they'll they'll get that opportunity at the end of of next week, Thursday and Friday, uh, and then uh, we do still think it's important to allow the public uh, an opportunity to access tickets as well, and so fans can go to Cubs.com. Uh, and register for the opportunity uh, to be chosen to, to, to buy tickets. Um, so we will have some tickets available. Uh, fans need to go do that before Friday uh, the 19th. So go to Cubs.com. Fans can register 
for the opportunity to purchase tickets for that first home stand. We'll notify those winners, and then they'll have the opportunity to uh, to buy tickets on the on the third uh, Tuesday. And we also do have we'll have our uh, private spaces, so um, our suites. Um, we will have some availability there, uh, some eight person uh, opportunities to kind of be really by yourself. Uh, and so fans should go to Cubs, Cubs.com and, and they can see the opportunities on the eight person private spaces as well. Talking with Cubs Executive Vice President Colin Faulkner. And Colin, I think it's a tricky dynamic, isn't it, at the ballpark? The part of the appeal is the the randomness of running into fans walking around the, the concourse and, and gathering at Gallagher Way and just kind of hanging out and, and the, the relaxed nature of hanging out at, at uh, and watching baseball. How challenging will it be to kind of balance that because you almost have to police the fact you don't want people congregating. You don't want these crowds forming, and you almost have to – uh, expect that you you go into it with that mentality, and yet you want people to have a good time and feel as normal as possible at Wrigley Field. So I would think that that's going to be early on, at least, the challenge. Yeah, I think it's going to be tough. I don't know if you guys have been to a, a sporting event at all. Um, you know, during this, I, I was fortunate um, a while back when the Colts were playing. Uh, our friend Dave Knickerbocker allowed me to go to a game uh, at the Colts down there, and so I kind of got to experience what this is like. And it's certainly you get to experience with the folks that you're with, um, but it's not the 40,000-person you know um, experience that I think we're all used to, and everyone's kind of easing their way into it. We're doing as much as we can to communicate the expectations that we have um, for our fans and for the experience up front. And you know, we're all we've been saying we're all in this together for the last year. And we are all in this together. Um, it's, you know, we're going to have to communicate the expectations that we have for what the experience is going to be like. Uh, and then we have to, you know, trust that our fans are um, going to be able to go along with that. And, and that happens in a normal time, too. You know, we've got fans have to be responsible with, you know, how much they uh, consume while they're at the games. And, and so, I, you know, it's, it's going to be a delicate balance. And, and we're going to overstaff. You know, we're, we're going to staff as if, this was a 40,000 person event. Um, and so that we're, even though there's going to be 8,000 people there, uh, we're going to really over staff, we're going to over communicate uh, and do our best to really find the balance between um, the, the no fan situation, and the full fan situation. And, and we did it last year, you know, we, we operated the rooftops last year at, at limited capacity uh, and it was successful. You know, we, we did it the entire season, um, with with no events, uh, you know, no incidences, and and so we did it on a smaller scale, and we feel you know confident that we'll be able to do it uh, on a little bit bigger scale uh, before we get to the full scale. Couple answerly uh, ancillary uh, issues that I'd like to discuss with you, and uh, yeah, it probably won't come up very often. And one is um, what is the rooftop protocol? And we know it's a different LLC and not run by the Cubs, but still in the Ricketts family about what that protocol will be and uh, the feelings that we have for the vendors who have been totally wiped out by this through no fault of anybody's other than the fact that I have friends that have been vendors for 45 years and uh, they have nowhere to go with that industry any longer. Yeah, on both those things. So the rooftops, as I, as I just alluded to, we, we did operate them last year. Uh, at at 50 uh, guests per rooftop, you know, in, in limited capacity with masks and social distancing and those things. And really the rooftops um, were following uh, the Chicago restaurant and bar guidelines, uh, which said um, uh, now we're up to 
you know, 50% of capacity or 50 person per room. Uh, and so we'll continue to follow the guidelines on the rooftops that, that we have. Uh, and that includes, you know, we'll, we'll follow those guidelines on interior spaces, the club spaces and the ballpark as well. So um, I think we'll have a little bit more capacity on the rooftops this year uh, based on the way things are trending. Uh, and so we're excited about that. You know, on your second, on your second question on the vendors, I mean, that's tough. Uh, our, those those folks are family. You know, we're this is I think hopefully going to be a family reunion when we get back uh, on April first on opening day, and we're going to get to see a lot of those faces. Um, you know, whether they're ushers, ticket takers, uh, beer vendors, hot dog vendors. You know, sadly, um, you know we lost some of those people over the over the last year, and we're not going to get to see them when we come back. We'll, we'll do a nice trip to them, um, to the ones that we miss when we get back. And that, you know, we're. Um, we're going to operate a little bit differently this year. You know, there's going to be mobile ordering. There's going to be cashless. It's, it's going to be different. Um, but we've talked to some other teams that have done this in, in ways. Um, and we're hopeful, and some other teams have found this, that um, it's actually a, a better experience for the fans. And there's actually some opportunities for, uh, for the vendors to make a little bit more on the, on the tip side, hopefully, um, just the way it's set up. And not getting into too much detail there, but – um, you know, it's an important part of the experience. The people are what make the experience, uh, and we're excited to get back uh, and see those folks uh, here in a couple of weeks. Along those lines, Colin, I think that baseball fans might tell you that some of the more memorable experiences they have, and not maybe in cities like Chicago, but in minor league cities, you go to a minor league game, and it's it, it, it's it's, a, it's intimate. You're you're closer. You feel things. And this sounds like what you're describing almost is that when you have 8,200 people at Wrigley Field, there's going to be a more uh, intimate experience. And I wonder if if you're gonna reach out. That would include like I don't know the, the players, the the field staff, and the the interaction maybe with the front office to a limited degree as you can because you have to maintain social distancing. But is is that more likely to happen now than if you're trying to pack 40,000 people into Wrigley because you're going to have the space. And, and these are people that are coming out. They really value that time and they value that experience. Yeah, I think it's going to be interesting to see what that dynamic's like um, with, with 8,000 versus uh, 40,000. Um, you know, we'll still have to be maintaining, you know, social distancing. And so I, I'm not going to get to go up and, and hug all my, you know, my usher friends uh, when I see them when I get there. Um, right. But I think it's just, it's a good step forward to, to um, just at least see the faces, you know, and, and just see and, and talk to those folks. So I think um, it could be a little more intimate to your point in, in some ways and that it's not, it's not completely packed and you can spend a little bit more time with folks. And like I said, we're going to, we're going to staff as a full ballpark. So allowing folks to, um, walk some of our fans uh, through some of the changes, whether it's, you know, ordering or cashless or uh, the ticket scanning. One of the really interesting things on that note is um, we've invested a ton, millions in technology uh, on the experience this off season. And one of the um, touch points, and we're trying to reduce touch points is uh, this technology where the magnetometers that you normally walk through and you got to dump out your keys and your change and your wallet and, and, all that stuff, and it really slows things down. Uh, we've got this new technology. We're the only Major League Baseball team with a full deployment of this uh, technology called Evolve, and you basically just walk through. Um, you, there's no, and you won't even know it's there. You just walk through, and it uses artificial intelligence and a bunch of really cool technology. And so, you know, we're doing things like that to to make the experience more frictionless. 
Um, but at the end of the day, it's about the people. And uh, we're really excited to see those people when we get back and, and have those interactions with them to the, to the greatest degree we can. Thanks for the time, Colin. Colin. Uh, we thank you. Yep. Yeah, we thank you much for uh, joining us. Good luck on opening day. We'll I'll be there April 1st to uh, check it out, the ones that can get in the park. And uh, we're looking forward to a healthy year with more and more fans being allowed in. Well, thanks for having me on, guys. Uh, next time I'm happy to go head-to-head with with uh, Brooks. So you guys want to <laughs> do fun. the, duel, the dueling, uh, dueling guys on the radio, that would be fun. Heck with that, Colin. We're talking hockey next time. <laughs> Colin Faulkner, thank you very much for your time. Cubs Executive Vice President. Bruce, we had a fun show. We have a lot of people to thank. We thank Brooks Boyer. We thank Colin Faulkner. And we thank Adam Sudzinski for keeping us on the air, even when you knocked me off the air. <laughs> people can follow me on uh, MLB.com for uh, on, uh, MLB Bruce Levine for uh, Twitter and on our website, 670thescore.com, where I write Cubs and Sox every day. We'll see you next week. Thanks, David. And you can also it'll be on the Mullion Haw Show sometime next week, every morning, 5 to 9. Bruce is a regular staple to keep us informed on what's going on with the Cubs and the White Sox. So, Keep listening. Next is Mark Grody and Steve Rosenblum. Saturday suckage. Thank you for listening inside the clubhouse here on Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. (sighs) Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.